So we're in our membership series in these last two weeks, and if we've been talking about core principles of membership at River Life. We're calling them our membership mantras, and at this point, we've got three of them. If you have a chance and haven't heard the sermons in the past two weeks, I invite you to go back and check them out, because they are some great, great sermons about what membership is, as we rediscover, redefine what membership may be for some of us who have had some bad experience or bad taste of what membership is. And so in the first week, a couple weeks, two weeks ago, we talked about how our first mantra is membership is not about growing spiritually. I mean, membership is about growing spiritually, excuse me. Membership is about growing spiritually, not belonging to a club. In the second, uh, the second mantra is we don't exist for ourselves. We exist of God first and others. And then last week, our third mantra is this, membership unite, complainers divide. These are some of our core values, our core principles of what membership is going to look like at River Life. And today, this morning, we're going to learn about our fourth mantra. Membership is finding your function in the family. Now, these, this mantra this morning about finding your function in the family reminds me of my last year at Crown College. I was a senior, and I dormed up in Faith Village. Now, Faith Village wasn't anything special, but these apartment complexes, they were the Hiltons and the Marriott's of this tiny Bible college. And I hear Alicia laughing. Alicia lived there a little bit. And again, they weren't anything special, but they were like the Hiltons and the Marriott's because they were like the best place you could live on campus. They were reserved for upperclassmen or married folks. Freshmen and sophomore, they wanted to be cool so they would come up and hang out with you rather than you hanging out with them. These were the dormitories where you no longer had to share a community kitchen or a community bathroom. And if anyone's experienced community bathrooms and kitchens, they're not very pleasant after a while. Again, this was the luxury of my Bible college experience until I realized that my roommates and I had very different lifestyles. After about a month of living there, dishes stayed in the sink for days, maybe even weeks. And I don't think we ever vacuumed the floor the entire year that we lived there. And the toilet, yeah, you. Now, I assume that my roommates had a similar lifestyle to mine, that we would take turns with chores or that each person would just do it when they saw it. So if there was a mess, they would just clean it. But I was very wrong. You see, we overlooked a very simple idea of establishing rules, establishing guidelines around the house. And I bet you if we continued to live there for one more year, we might have ended up on HGTV, HGTV, where they would have remodeled our entire complex because it got pretty bad. Now, similarly, when we become Christ followers, we become a part of God's family. And we experience this by joining church, like what we're doing today, to experience what it's like to be a part of, uh, Jesus, of Christ, of God's family. And church helps us learn new, a new set of family rules, how to function within a family, and what to do, uh, and how, what, what do we do to, to, for God's desire? 
Now, unfortunately, sometimes we don't know those rules. So, so it's important to have someone lay them out and so we understand what they are. So again, we could do what God desires from us. And that's one thing we want to dive into today, seeing what that function is for us. Now, we're not the only ones who was discovering this. There was early churches after Jesus had died, resurrected, went back up to heaven. There were early churches that struggled with this. And so the apostle Paul, he had to lay down family rules for the church so they could understand God's desire. And one of these churches was the Corinthian church. See, some of the members in the Corinthian church, they were powerful and they were gifted to do great things. They had skills and abilities, both naturally and supernaturally, because the Spirit blessed them with them, um, to do great things, but they were also filled with arrogance and selfishness, selfishness plagued them. Members of the church were trying to one-up each other by claiming that they functioned better than others, which led them to boast about themselves rather than benefiting others. And so they were using their gifts selfishly not for the good of the body. This caused disunity. So Paul encourages them to think of the church as one body made up of many parts. And Paul establishes his new rule for the church by saying this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 15 through 20 and 24 through 26. This is what it says. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And the, the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If there were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its part should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And Paul uses his concept of a human body as an illustration for what it's like to be in the church. And a body is made up of different parts. Again, and all those parts come together to form one body. It's a system. Each part serves a purpose, and each part is significant in its own ways. The Corinthians valued some gifts and abilities over others, and this caused issues of uniformity that led to maybe even marginalizing people in the church. Some of the gifts that the Corinthian church deemed as honorable, the ones that were better than other gifts, were gifts of tongues, prophecy, and giving. So individuals who practiced those gifts were considered to be more honorable than others. And while the church valued and respected those, some with different gifts who were considered to, be, considered to have lesser gifts, they were pushed to the side. 
And Paul responds to the members with this important truth. God created the church to have different giftings, and together all the gifts would make an impact in the church and in the community. It was God's design to create the church with different gifts. Not that one was better than the other. They were all equally important. That's how God created it. Again, it was God's design for members to be different. Purposely, God created everyone to be different because, again, each member had a different function and an important function to the whole body. Now, the Corinthian church might not be all that different from the church that you or I have been to. I know in some of my experiences, churches honor members who preach and teach and lead a prayer group or lead a small group or lead worship. And then sometimes they overlook those who don't. That's not how it's supposed to be. Preachers, teachers, prayer warriors, small group leaders, worship leaders, they all play an equal part in the church. And without the rest of the parts, there is no body. You see, here are some functions that are just as important to the church as the preachers and teachers and prayer warriors and small group leaders and worship leaders. There are those who encourage, motivate, and comfort others. This could be this is the gift of prophecy. It's the gift of sharing God's truth to others who don't know Jesus. This is the gift of evangelism. There's the gift of helping other people feel welcomed. This is the gift of hospitality. There's the gift of pursuing knowledge of God and the Bible. There's the gift of sharing resources with others, expecting nothing in return. There's the gift of healing others physically, mentally, and spiritually. See, all of these functions are needed in the church. Imagine if we were all preachers. We would need a ton of pulpits in here. Who would welcome our people into our building? Imagine if we were all worship leaders. Who would go out and heal others? If it's one thing we can learn from the Corinthian church, it's this. Membership is finding your function in the family. Let me say that again. Membership is finding your function in the family. So what does this mean for us? See, God's rule for the family is to find their function in the family. And do you know what your function is? How do you function in this family? If you can't think of your function in the church, I can, I can, I, I'm going to consider you to, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to consider some of these obstacles. Do you feel insignificant? Do you feel like you're less than? If you do, that's not true. Every one of you, every one of us, 
has a significant part in this family. And if we think we're insignificant, that might be some cultural conditioning that we receive from our past experience with membership in other churches. And that might be Satan's Satan telling us a lie that we're insignificant. We are all significant. Another obstacle. Do you wish you were someone else to function like them? Do you wish you had someone else's function? I know one function I wish I had was Pang's hospitality. Pang's my wife, and she's got such a great gift of welcoming people in. And I wish I had that. And there's nothing wrong about that. But sometimes if we so desire to be like someone else, we might lose out on God's unique gift that God has given us to function in the family. Do you think it's someone else's job? Do you think it's someone else's job to greet people? Do you think it's someone else's job to volunteer with the kids men or the youth men or the, the streaming team or the sound team or the cafe? It's someone else's job. You are part of the family. You have a function here. God has saved us from something, sin, into something else, to do good works for God. Like the passage that Pang had read, faith without deeds is dead. And so if we come here thinking it's someone else's job and we don't live out our faith with our deeds, essentially our faith is dead. So it's not someone else's job. It's your job. It's my job to have a function here. And the last obstacle, are you pushed to the side? Is anyone pushing you aside because they think that their gift is better than yours? I would invite you to have conversations with Pastor Greg and I or any leader if you feel like they're you are pushed to the side and your gifts are not recognized and your gifts are not honored and you're deemed less honorable or less respectful. I believe and I like to think that at River Life here, we treat each other and honor each other with the gifts that we bring. And so if you, church, see that leadership is an issue, let us know. Because that shouldn't happen. So those are the obstacles. What are some ways that you can explore what your function is? Some of you may know what your function is and some of you might not know. So here's a few ways you can consider what your function is. First off, what are some of your natural skills and abilities and how can you use these in the church? I think it's really simple to start with what you're naturally good at. Over at the Brooklyn Park campus, we had a stage that had multi-tiers, and we wanted to make it one tier. And I was like, if you leave that up to me, that's going to be one messy-looking stage because I have no skills with carpentry or I'm not handy. But I had a group of guys surround me and help me level that stage so that we could have an equal stage. So start with your natural skills and abilities. You'd be surprised at how that leads you to function in the church. 
Second, what do you feel invited to in the church? Even if you second-guess yourself, are there things that happen at church, whether it's small groups or community engagement or youth group or kids' men or things that we aren't even aware of? What are the things that you feel invited to? If there's an invitation there and you feel like you want to accept that invitation, that might be the Holy Spirit leading you to figuring out what your function is in church. And lastly, what moves you? As you sit in service, as you roam around in cafe, is there a burning desire of like, if we only had this at River Life, or if we did this at River Life, the experience of people meeting God would just be so much more meaningful. What moves you? Even if you second-guess the things that move you, I think that's also a place where the Holy Spirit is nudging you to figure out what your function is. Because that burning passion is something that it's God is leading you to do. God has a function for you to grow the church with us, with all of us. It's not just my responsibility or Pastor Greg's responsibility or Pamphol's or Pang's or the leadership team or any ministry leader here's leadership team here. It's all of our responsibility. God has given every one of us a function to make, uh, God has given us a function to make an impact in this world. And as we step into figuring out what membership is, I invite you to explore what your function is in this this family. Let's pray. God, we thank you for saving us from sin and to being saved to continue to do the good work that you did in us, Lord. So we're simply not saved and it ends there, but we're saved from sin to something else greater. And so as we walk through our membership series, as we walk through today, Lord, would your Holy Spirit nudge us, move us, to know what our function is in the church. When you created Adam and Eve, you gave them a function. And then in the book of James, it talks about how our faith without deeds is dead. God, you called us into something greater. And so allow us to explore and find our function in this family. Give us the boldness Give us the insight. Give us the innovation, the courage to find where our function is if it's not here yet. Because we know that we are all parts of this body and the greater body, the entire church. And so God, allow us to not be spectators, but allow us to function as you've created us all to function. All this for your glory and for your honor. So we pray and lift this all up in your name, Lord.